the majority of our work is rooted in historic preservation. So all of our work is urban infill related work. We don't do any greenfield um, related development. I am uh, very passionate about the, the outdoors and land conservation. And as, as a developer, that can often conflict with uh, projects that involve greenfield type development. So that's primarily why, from a philosophical perspective, our projects have really been done in urban cores around, around the Southeast. Welcome to the Who's on the Move SC podcast. I am your host, Alan Cooper. Today we are going to be speaking with Charleston, South Carolina-based entrepreneur Lindsay Nevin about the Flyway Companies. As you heard, Lindsay and his team have a real passion for historic preservation and have been involved in some very impactful projects locally in Charleston as well as in Savannah, Georgia. The Who's on the Move SC podcast highlighting entrepreneurs making an impact on our communities is made possible with the support of NP Strategy a strategic communications firm comprised of former journalists, political insiders, and public relations executives. Learn more at npstrategy.com. We also appreciate the support of the Charleston chapter of the Entrepreneurs' Organization, also known as EO. They are a global organization of 14,000 plus leading entrepreneurs. If you are interested in learning more, visit eocharleston.com and Nephron Pharmaceuticals, a South Carolina-based company. Nephron develops and produces safe, affordable, generic inhalation solutions and suspension products. And finally, the Riley Institute at Furman University. The Richard W. Riley Institute advances social and economic progress in South Carolina and beyond by building leadership for a diverse society. Learn more at furman.edu forward slash Riley. Lindsay, tell us about the core business of the Flyway Companies. Uh, the, we, we refer to it as the Flyway Companies, but there are four uh, fee-based related companies, a construction company or general contracting company, a development company, a property management company, and a small real estate office. So we have vertically integrated the real estate process to allow us to purchase property, develop property, build it, manage it, and or sell it. Our, our primary strategy is, is buy and hold. Talk about your journey to entrepreneurship. Have you always wanted to have your own company? It was always uh, a matter of, of when, not if. I, I have always been doing something from the time I was a kid, and it was... Uh, trying to come to terms as to when the best time for me to step out onto my own uh, would occur. And uh, it just so happened that that occurred in 2008. I did not anticipate starting a company at the bottom of, of the cycle, but it, it just so happened that way that I had the opportunity to go to work for myself after the crash. And what that has done, it has allowed us to start or allowed me to start from a one-man operation into the team that we've got today and to really grow organically over a period of time, which is uh, just north of 10 years at this point. Talk about the early years of the business. So again, starting at, at the bottom in 08, uh, we, I, I really leaned on my general contracting background and ended up 
picking up a number of distressed properties that were affected by the, the crash in the, in the real estate market. And so we, we did that for a couple of years uh, with just myself and, and one other individual. And then in 2010, we started gaining some, some confidence in the Charleston market. And that was when we, we started our acquisitions. And ultimately, as I'm sure you know, uh, you know my success is, is most certainly rooted in my team and you know, the ability to hire the right talent and to make sure you've got the right people in the right seat in the bus is absolutely critical. And so we, from an organic standpoint, our, our projects have continued to grow over time. And the um, on the development front, the primary kind of dollar value of projects that we're looking for is somewhere between 15 and 25 million. We most certainly take on projects that are smaller than that. Some of these are legacy projects that we've we've owned a piece of dirt for uh, years at this point and just haven't developed and are getting those on, on the books. And uh, in some cases, those don't, don't match that dollar value. But uh, on the development side of what we do and the projects that we do that uh, include some scale is, is roughly in the 15 to $25 million range. What were a few early projects that you were proud of? The majority of our work is rooted in historic preservation. So all of our work is urban infill related work. We don't do any greenfield um, related development. I am uh, very passionate about the, the outdoors and land conservation. And as, as a developer, that can often conflict with uh, projects that involve greenfield type development. So that's primarily why, from a philosophical perspective, our projects have really been done in urban cores around, around the Southeast. And so from a preservation perspective, there was a um, old building in downtown Charleston that was built in 1926 by Standard Oil. It was their um, original Southeastern Regional Headquarters office, and it had been empty for close to 20 years. And we purchased that. It was a state and federal historic tax credit project and um, turned that into um, something similar to a co-working facility. And this was really before co-working has become what it is today. So we got that building put on the National Register and was a decent sized commercial project for us that has led to a number of other projects. So that coupled with our, our first project outside of the Charleston market, we, um, we, we stepped out of the market and went down to Savannah just because um, Savannah is, is very similar in makeup to, to downtown Charleston. The demographics are, are obviously a little different, but from a preservation perspective, there's plenty of historic product down there that really fit into the ethos of, of what we do as a company. Your new project called the Refinery has a connection to this standard oil building, does it not? It does. It was a subsequent phase to that project. There was some additional property um, that, that came along with that, that particular piece. It was two separate transactions because there was uh, a fair amount of soil contamination uh, that they had a canning facility on the site where we built the refinery. So the refinery is kind of um, next next generation uh, pro project coming out of the, the, the historic preservation project. And it is a true mixed use urban infill project. We've got retail on the ground floor with a distillery, 
uh, a high-end beer bar, a restaurant, a radio station, and some some design groups, uh, second and third floor are it is just straight office space that is really geared towards small to medium size local businesses that are primarily creative businesses. So the um, the original Standard Oil building is, is made up primarily of, of the same types of tenants. And so we just kind of continued that tradition with the next building. And then the, the piece that we're actually putting the final touches on on that same site now is a 1,500-person outdoor amphitheater. So we wanted the ability to expand kind of the artistic offering or medium that was available on site. And some of that came with uh, the culinary piece and the food and beverage component and the, the last being the performing arts piece. So it will really be a very dynamic site when, when, when it's all said and done. What is the key to success for development projects? Couple couple of things. I mean, it most certainly starts with vision, which I I feel like I'm I'm blessed to have, and the the ability to do something different. Um, this this project is is most certainly different than most you know traditional developments that that you see, and so it takes a lot of hard work and a fair amount of discipline and, and a strong team to help support and execute these ideas. And um, so I mean, I would continue to go back to to the team. And that the, the ability to execute on any of this requires uh, a, a diverse team and a number of different skill sets to be able to take these projects from start to finish. Lindsay, talk about your focus in 2022 and what are a few of the trends that you are seeing in the marketplace now? Our acquisitions have slowed down fairly significantly over the past two years just because of the, the market conditions. It's, it's really frothy out there. We've got supply chain related issues, construction costs are through the roof, uh, land prices are, are, are through the roof. So it's been tough for us to get a number of deals to, to pencil. And so we are um, you know, optimistic that with interest rates being bumped at some point later in the year, that that's gonna provide some additional flexibility and hopefully kind of cool the market. And um, you know, it might be, um, Odd to hear that from a developer, but we really are fairly conservative in, in our approach and are you know, actively waiting for some type of correction. By no means do, do we want any type of crash to occur, but um, the, I feel like the market is, is overheated and that it, it really does need, need to cool off. So we are continuing to just focus on our core business um, that is really across all four of those entities, the contracting company continues to stay really busy with a lot of fee-based related work that we're doing for other kind of like-minded individuals, primarily investors. And um, on the development front, we, we, we've got a couple pieces of dirt that we are looking to actively start projects uh, in Charleston and in Savannah. And the, the management side of our business continues to stay busy along with uh, the launch of the amphitheater. So that is a, a new line of business that we have yet to be in. And, um, you know, that's the, the, the other thing I think that's worth noting is, you know, the ability to continue to push the envelope um, and get everybody outside of their comfort zone to continue to learn and, you know, explore new ideas, take new risks and, um, you know, hopefully find some success and, and have a decent time doing it with, uh, with the amphitheater. And finally, maybe Lindsay, to wrap up, tell us a little about you personally. What are a few of your passions outside of work? 
it's uh, it's always family first for me. I've got a, a wonderful wife and and three amazing children, and and those guys are are always the priority. But the ability to get outside with them more than anything, we we live on John's Island and have access to the water and the woods, and that's really where uh, I, I find my peace most of the time. If, uh, if 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 work is is becoming all consuming the ability to hop on a surfboard or, or, or get in the woods and, and go for a walk. I love to hunt. So really anything that's outdoor related is where, uh, where I go to try to unwind. The Who's on the Move SC podcast highlighting entrepreneurs making an impact on our communities is made possible with the support of NP Strategy, a strategic communications firm comprised of former journalists, political insiders, and public relations executives. Learn more at npstrategy.com. We appreciate the support of the Charleston chapter of the Entrepreneurs' Organization, also known as EO. Learn more at eocharleston.com. And Nephron Pharmaceuticals, a South Carolina-based company. Nephron develops and produces safe, affordable, generic inhalation solutions and suspension products. And finally, the Riley Institute at Furman University. The Richard W. Riley Institute advances social and economic progress in South Carolina and beyond by building leadership for a diverse society. Learn more at Furman.edu forward slash Riley. If you'd like to see a video version of this interview with Lindsay Nevin, you can go to lowcountrybizsc.com in the podcast section.